Welcome to episode 197 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 197 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? I'm very good. Why? Because early in the morning we're getting this done and we're going to have a big day. We're having a big day. Also John, what do you do for Valentine's Day? Uh, we see if we don't really do much because... But you've got to do something. <laughs> We've got a wedding anniversary on Wednesday, so i save it up for that. What are you doing for that? Uh, she doesn't listen, come on. No, just... I'll let you know next week. Is it weak? Sorry? Is it weak? It's pretty weak. Is it? How yeah. many years is it? Four. Yeah, four. Okay, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com The world's best coffee. And make sure at checkout you put an I Am Talk for a 20% discount. Athletes.com Social networking and tracking and social needs and everything good about catch up for your mates. That's right. Who are athletes. Okay, this week's show, well, we've got a bit of news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a high five. We haven't had a high five in a while, have we? No. No, we've got a high five. We've got a website of the week. We've got lots of questions and answers, I noticed. It's, it's the listener show this week. It's, the, it's I, for you, you gave the me, You gave me a bit of grief about vetoing emails and stuff recently. Felt a bit and, guilty, didn't you? And so it's pretty much a listener's show. Okay, well, first of all, we've got news brought to you by X-Try. Check out X-Try for the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. And our first piece of news is Rachel, Rachel Joyce, our good friend of the show. Yes. Has been, te- oh, yeah, joined Team RBW. And another friend of the show, Pete Jacobs, has also joined us. Oh, so he actually joined the group? Yeah, 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 the oh, team. Both oh. of them have joined the team. Oh, that's interesting. So I'd imagine both of them will be racing in the race in a few weeks' time in Abu Dhabi. Uh, if you want to check out a bit of an article on Rachel Joyce, go to slowtwitch.com. There's one up there. And, yeah, it's a good, good move for those guys. I mean, Rachel Joyce is definitely an, an up-and-comer. It was a bit of a breakthrough race for her. Yep. She's sort of known in the UK, but uh, not really known anywhere else in the world. And then was it was 6-6 six, six or something like that? Yeah, she got 6, yep. Yeah. And then Pete Jacobs... Breakthrough for him. He must have been about sixth or seventh too, and kind of wasn't I think he? Got he? Seventh, didn't yeah, he? it was somewhere about yeah, there. Yeah, something like that. But you know, he's had some great races in Rote, um, some great races. He's still a young Australia. kid, you know. Like he's still, still yeah, still a kid. He's such a kid. He's such a kid. Oh, oh I remember being that young, John? So, oh, those are the days. You know, he, he he's a great swimmer, good runner, steady biker. If he can. Uh, well, the thing know. is, cycling's the thing that's easiest to improve on, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, well. Maybe not to that real high level, but and I guess one of the reasons they they probably got him on board is because uh, you know he races rote each year and they probably want a bit of uh, German coverage. It seems yep. to be basically a German team, and uh, I'd imagine we'll probably see Rachel Joyce doing some races in Germany too. It's good to see teams out there, eh? Oh yeah, you know because like Rachel on her interview on Twitch she was just saying, you know, just gives us financial stability, so now she can focus on being a better athlete. And, and Pete Jacobs, he had a good number of local sponsors. I guess the one thing when you do go on board with these teams is you do. Have have to ditch pretty much all your sponsors I would imagine um, yep. that have been with you for a while so that's why it's a, sometimes a little bit of a difficult decision and we know that's why some of the athletes left uh, we're leaving Team BB TBB Team TDBB yep. um, is because they couldn't keep their you know their existing long term sponsors so bit of a bit of a bit of a you know, tough decision for some people you want to stick to, to the people that have been loyal to you but hey at the end of the day you got to look after yourself um, Rachel Joyce was talking about the, the cycle track did you actually read the interview? No. Oh, well, in the interview they're saying <laughs> that she um she's saying she goes on the Grand Prix track. Oh yeah, no, I've read, I've I looked at I was looking at the that looks website. Awesome, eh? 
It's going to be sensational. Yeah, that that track is just insane. I watched it a little what, bit. What? So they do a track race. or something? They do a lap around the track or something? Yeah, the they? Formula One track. How many laps do they do? Oh, not many. Do I they? think they just go in and maybe do do a lap or something. But it is just insane that track. If you ever get to see a Formula One race and watch it on TV, the whole, I think the whole court. Maybe it's the Abu Dhabi one, or is it the one of the ones over there? The whole every stand is covered in inside and. Uh, oh, it's just beautiful, is it? Just insane. Really, it really is. So, have you I, been watching the Olympics? A little bit of it. Yeah, I thought the, the downhill mogul was pretty impressive. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, men's stuff, well, the women's stuff was great. Their well. knees just must be. Dead by the end of their career, right? You think so? Yeah, it can't be good for your knees, eh? Mm. Okay, uh, lottery finishes next week. So if you're thinking about getting to Kona and you don't think you're going to qualify, uh, another alternative to doing this is to do the lottery, and uh, you need to get your entry in by the end of next week. I think it's 28th of February I saw on there. 28th of Feb, and then now uh, you go into your chance to win a slot to Kona. Mm. So what does it cost? Don't know. Look, you keep talking, John. You tell, tell, like tell a, us more about the lottery. It's like 100, 150 US, something like that. Just to enter it? Yeah, yeah. Uh... In terms of races, we haven't got much news. You know, coming up, we've got Ironman Malaysia coming up uh, next weekend. Ironman New Zealand, uh, two weeks after that, I think, and then Abu Dhabi try the week after that. What's going to be interesting with uh, Ironman Malaysia? Forty dollars, forty dollars, and a passport. Passport means you get an, it's extra special privileges. So if you want like twice the chances, you got to pay another fifty. So you can go for the forty dollar option, which is actually pretty fair, um, or you can go for a. Maybe a better chance of getting it, and it costs you ninety dollars. Mm, yes. passport. The passport's never really taken off, has it? Who knows? It might have done. Well, have you ever seen anyone? I think it's the whole time I've ever talked to Ironman, I've never seen one person with a passport. Mm, don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, and one other thing we're going to be doing for Ironman Malaysia that we're going to start next week. Oh, are we? We're going to. Are we going to do it? Are we? We're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. It's on. It's fantasy try. We had that as a website of the week a few. Uh, a few weeks ago, yep. but it's where you sort of pick your team and you get points for your highest placed athletes, so a bit of an online game for guessing places, so maybe if you guys want to tune in uh, or It's kind of like the sport, you know, the rugby and the baseball and, you know, yep. I had a little play around with it the other day, um, so go to fantasytry.com and uh, I've already signed up a team, I haven't quite, I'm going to tweak it. Can we start our own Malaysia. group? Have you looked into that? I don't know. You must be. Hopefully, you can. Hopefully, you can have your own group, and we we'll have an iron talk group, we'll and we can have like this year's racing. Who will be the best at the end of the year? We'll have a look at that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a look at that. Yeah, bring it on. But currently, on the championship challenge, the Sunborn races from Sweden are in front. Yeah, but see, when does it start? I don't know. I think it said it was like week thirty-nine or something they're into already. Uh... So. We'll get into it. We'll get out of the top pretty quick. Yeah. I've got faith in my picks. Oh, really? Yeah. You used to beat me at John's. What was it? You, you... I did. I used to spank you. Because we're going to have some ITU races in here as well. Uh, do they have ITU races in here? Have oh. No, we'll basically stick to Ironmans. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, then. Uh, well, last weekend, uh, Coast to Coast was on. And I know it's IM talk, but John did have a little bit to do with Coast to Coast. And it was a bit of a funny day, wasn't it, John? Oh, an interesting day. So the original Coast to Coast course, you have a little run, 3K run, then you bike about 50, 50, 60k and then you have a, a mountain run which is about 36. 30, 30k, 33k, something mm. like that over a big mountain pass up and down rivers beautiful run quick short bike and then you do a 5 hour paddle and then you jump back on your bike a 70k bike to finish but oh no, not this year not this year John, it became a bike race it, it became a bit of a farce uh, but 
the race organisers did the right thing. Uh, what oh, the weather was terrible, wasn't it? Terrible weather. So big, big rain on the west coast of New Zealand, which raises the rivers significantly. So they had to cancel the mountain run. And then the rivers also rose significantly on the other side of the pass, and which meant they couldn't do the kayak either. So, And was it that, like in the kayak? Oh, yeah. Was it crazy, was it? <laughs> uh, when the rivers on the, on the west coast for the run, there was absolutely no way. It was full on, really? full on rain. People dying kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they just wouldn't have been able to get across the rivers. Yeah. So that was a fair call. The kayak, the rivers, the river looked pretty bad, and, and I'm, I, I don't know the kayak course very well, but, yeah. but most people said it was definitely the right call. Okay. So it turned into. So they did what they had to do. Yep. Yeah, turned into basically a, the the bike at the start. Then they had a, a road run, so a 33k road. And run. it was a pretty tough run, eh? Because you had to go for this pass, didn't you? Well, the, the challenge was, and you know, I coach Emily, who's won it, won it several times, is she doesn't know road running. Yeah, yeah. So all her running is off road, so her legs were just toasted really? from the run, just yeah. completely toasted. And that was, yeah, you know, it's the same for everybody though. So that made it really tough. But you go over the Arthur's Pass, and you have to walk up there. You know, even yeah. if the best running, that's the steepest parts, you have to walk. It's yeah. around about eighteen percent. And then uh, they basically had a hundred and fifty k or one hundred and thirty five k road bike into town, and then they had a short paddle in the Avon River, which is basically like a like a, it's not like a stream, but it's very, very shallow, so it's not really like you can get going. And then a short bike to the finish. So, what, so where'd they get out of the kayak? They got out at the start of the estuary. So it was like oh, about. Just bike, yeah. Yeah. But the confusion was at the start of the day, they'd said they were going to kayak all the way to the finish line. Oh. Uh, and so halfway through the stage, the athletes were, cha- were changing their minds, and uh, there was a lot of confusion out there. There was also a huge amount of traffic problems. So we only just got to Emily after the first run. We had about five minutes to spare really? um, because there was just this massive traffic jam. We were driving along, all the athletes were just running past us, and uh, we just couldn't, couldn't you can't really? go any faster. So that would have been stressful. So it, was, it was fairly stressful. We didn't pass her till about three, four k from the finish of the wow. run. Um, so it was a bit stressful. And then, uh, so we did you end up getting fourth. She got fourth, did she? Yeah. And uh, and then you can move on to the next. Tr- uh, you come over the top of the pass, and you go from freezing cold, full on rain. All of a sudden, boom! Thermometer goes up. It's about twenty five to twenty seven degrees. Yeah. Full on heat. Did and they have a backwind? They had a tailwind. Yeah. And also, what was interesting about this race is drafting was loud the whole way. Yeah, it was a bit so stupid. Eh? It was it was tough, and if you got isolated, you're an awful bother. The girl that won the race would have won regardless. Yeah. But she got had a great, great first ride and a fantastic run. She got in this group of about seven or eight really strong guys, yep. and she just home. killed everybody. Yeah. So good on her. You know, you got to put yourself in those positions. But it was a shame that it had drafting. Um, but it wouldn't have helped M because M's a strong kayaker, isn't it? It's her strength, isn't it? Uh, and her biking, and she was isolated on the bike. She was by herself pretty much the whole ride, uh. so that kind of um, kind of sucks. And it, whilst it did, I don't think it changed the results in the girls' race, um, I th- and it didn't change the result for the winner of the guys' race. It probably would have changed some of the top ten results, you know, yeah. bearing on where you, where, which pack you're in on the bike. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a bit of a shame, and some people miss the cutoffs. What was also interesting after the first, this would be one of the biggest frustrations ever in sport, is support crews not getting to aid stations, yeah. uh, not getting to transitions. So after the first bike ride, uh, it, was some, it was pissing down with rain, 
and there were some support crews that just weren't there. So guys were coming off the bike, getting ready for the run. And no one's there. And no one's there. And one oh. of those people was Rob Dallymore. Oh, really? Contributed to the show. He'd, he'd missed the front group, which was a group of, say, 12 or 15 athletes. And then uh, there was another group of, say, about 15 athletes behind um, as well. He'd broken away from them, maybe got a 30-second, maybe 60-second gap on them. So he'd have a nice, clean transition. Comes rolling into transition. He's on his Avanti Chrono. Yeah. Got the full Avanti kit on. Who sponsors you, John? Um, <laughs> funny, funny that. And he comes in all by himself. Number one, I think it was 175, 175. Standing there. Nobody there. How long do you have to wait? He was waiting a long time. Oh. He was still there easily before Em came through, and she was. He would have waited at least five minutes. And then mm. apparently, in the kayak transition, people, some people were waiting up to half an hour. Oh, really? Can you sucks. imagine that? Imagine an Ironman getting off your bike and say your shoes not being there, and you're just having to stand and you, there. And you can't do anything about it. Absolutely nothing you can do. Yeah, that's poor guys. It was. That, yeah, that's. It, 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 most of the time, it, most of the time, it wasn't support crew's fault. They just could not physically get there. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just a bad situation, mm, but it can't so. be good for anyone involved. Anyway, it was an interesting day. If you want to see some good coverage, uh, they've got some video footage on there. Go to coasttocoast.co.nz, and there's a link off to a site called um, Sports Hub that, that films stuff, and you can see yeah. the the contrast and weather. And uh, it was it was pretty interesting times. Was the men's race close? Yes, very close. Yeah, they came. They went into the kayak together. Yeah, the first two guys, and basically it was decided on the kayak leg. And so, and Gordon Walker took the race out on the kayak, and they by won by about two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a young guy, wasn't it? Yeah, the two-day winner from last year. Yeah. So the winners on the men's side was Gordon Walker, and then on the women's side was Elaine Usher, who's was Richard Rich- Usher's yep. uh, wife, and it was her sort of race was made to her. It was, it was she was on fire, but the course also helped her a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, John's sick of doing the emails for the cookbook, so I'm yep. going to put a link on the website this week, and uh, you can download the just, form basically for the cookbook, and I'll put that on our websites of the week section at the bottom of the website on www.imtalk.me, and uh, then you can fill that in, send it through to us, and then I'll give it on to. It's a Chef word, John. basically a word document, and it's just got a little example of a recipe I've got on there, and you just fill in details, email it through to us. And you're in. at this stage, it's going to be a pretty small cookbook. We need some, <laughs> It's going to be about a 10, 15 pager. We need some more content, please. We need some love. And uh, the Holy Hammer sent through an email saying, please make sure that the recipes are not copied out of cookbooks. So you need to just tweak them ever so slightly. If it is a recipe you've got out of a cookbook oh. and you love it, just tweak it ever so slightly. Well, that's a bit tough. That's no, not. You can't. Otherwise, we get somebody plagiarism. Might, yeah, plagiarism. I mean. So just just tweak it ever so slightly. You know, if it's 125 grams 130 of butter, 130 grams, like 130, <laughs> and maybe if it's you know a cup and a half of flour. Is that what you did when you were at university? Was it just tweak it a little bit? So tweak, 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 tweak. It's an original work. It's an original work. We don't need to mention Camp Poland at the end of June. If you're interested, though, do get in touch. I like that. If you don't need to mention it, but if you're interested, yeah, get in touch. <laughs> Hot topic of the week. Uh, I'm going to pull up John. You tell them what it was. Uh, so it was a, it was a t- running for two weeks because uh, the response was a little bit weak it was a zero no, it was because we didn't have the link on the website okay. we couldn't find it okay but anyway it was uh, what would be harder a 70.3 twice no a half Ironman twice or a full Iron Distance Triathlon so I will do the uh, odd ones Bevan and you can do the evens I'll do the evens you do so the first one uh, Andrew Winter I think suggested the um, the topic mm. I'm going to say that two half Ironmans back to back would be hard would be hard. getting back into the water after the first run would be difficult the legs would feel heavy in the water and no doubt the power would still be there when on your bike or run um, when on your bike or run it's easy to get into rhythm and hit your stride breaking it up would totally destroy this would love to give it a go though 
one thing I'll say, we, we did some um, swim bike run reps last week with my um, sort of young elite guys out yep. there, and uh, yeah, I've got to say, when you get back into the swim, even after the first rep, you are just dead in the water. Really? You just, you just sink. Why? Well, partly with this one is because we went from wetsuit to non-wetsuit, so oh, okay. you're a lot lower in the water. But you're just tired, an all-round body tiredness, and you just you just feel really heavy and low in the water. That's the funny thing about doing this race as well, is you have to put a wetsuit back on. Well, yeah, I guess that's not practical. You'd have, you couldn't do that. I mean, you could, but you can't really put a wetsuit on. If you're soaking wet and sweating, not yeah. realistic. You need to do it somewhere where you could do a non-wetsuit's one. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, good old Troy Watson saying, I agree, two 70.3s would be a mission. I have done two Olympics back-to-back before, and surprisingly, the second swim was the hardest part. Mm. You underestimate the fatigue you build up in your arms during the bike, and particularly in the run. You really feel it like you are swimming through a thick shake that second time around. Yeah, totally agree. I do notice you gave me all the big ones, and you got all this. No, I'm just... I'm just <laughs> You take a hit for the team. Okay, James Botel, two half Ironmans will be slower than a full Ironman. Um, for no other reason than there will be more transitions. Um, five transitions versus two transitions. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Um, Ironman backwards equals a personal cramp fest. Oh, okay. Fegan, the Veganator, the Deliverer, the Constant, what do you call it? Mr. Consistency. Mr. Consistency. I also agree that two times halves would be slower than one full. Uh, taking out the 20 minutes struggle with uh, to put a soaking wetsuit back on yes that's the thing the pacing is where most people would struggle the first half marathon would probably be fine but everyone would run it at half marathon pace and getting back on the into the water after 130 plus of running would seriously slow things down think duathlon legs add in the fact that fatigue would be hitting earlier on the bike legs so average speed overall would dip even if the first leg was would be faster then heading back out for the last run would have most people walking from early on uh, Jay Waters, uh, my my first thoughts that some variety would break things up, making things a little less monotonous. But then I woke up to reality: breaking everything up would simply make it easier for something to go wrong. Meaning two halves would be harder to do at the same overall pace. Okay, more uh, Tari. Uh, I agree with the trend: two halves would be difficult to pace and slower. Try uh, fun to try though, just to prove it. As for backwards, oh yes, the backwards would be interesting, wouldn't it? We didn't talk about backwards last week. Mm. The drown rate may be a bit high, which is a vehicle. Good point. I once did a mini try in reverse order and felt it's so much harder. My husband almost jumped in to rescue me. It says a lot about my swim technique. Yeah, we, we pretty much discussed it last we, week. Do backwards? No, what do you think about doing a backwards Ironman. That would be. It's n- nothing's impossible, but it would be very, very difficult, I think. And I think the cramp, the the the, the consequence for cramp would be extremely high. Mm, yeah. It'd be really fascinating, wouldn't it? Because yeah. the thing is, as well, is you wouldn't have the packs in the swim. No, you wouldn't. No. You know, you, you wouldn't have to. You know, it's not like the yeah. swim start where you've got thousands of people you can kind of work with. Yeah. You know, you'll be getting into the water and you'd be kind of by yourself, or you might have two or three people around you. But very difficult. Yeah, that'd be pretty tough. So I think we pretty much commented on it last week, but I think for the majority of people, um, a two half Ironmans back to back would be harder and slower. But I think for for the for, you know, for those people that explode in the second half of runs. I think that potentially it could be a bit quicker, but I'd say for the majority it would be slower. I think the interesting thing is to really think if you were to spend six months 
mm. training or a year training like for this yep. race, you could condition your body for, you yep. know, you could practice the transitions yep. to go from swim to run, you know, to yep. do that reverse order. So, you know, the thing is for us is that we condition ourselves to be swim bike runners. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're good at. But, you know, like I'm sure if we actually spend a bit of time, yep. a good period of time, practicing that sport we could probably do okay at it it's just like but pacing has come up a few times here but it's just like you know if you pace yourself equally across both of them i think you know you'd have some initial discomfort on the uh in the swim and on the bike uh but i think i think that final run would be easier um do you think there'd be more strategy involved in doing a double than an ironman because i know an ironman you've got to really kind of hold back and control yourself control yourself to that point where you know you're close to the end but with this one, you, you probably would want to go a little bit easier on that first leg to save yourself for the swim and the bike. Potentially, I think it, I think yeah, your output would probably be pretty even. But um, you may you know may potentially may ease off a little bit towards the end of the run. Um, but then you might want to pick it up a little bit so you can get a draft. If there's five guys in front of you, you know you might want to just speed up a little bit so you can hang onto their feet in the swim. Okay, well. Can't see many people giving this a go though. But if you do, let us know how you get on. Well, are you going to do your triple T? Because maybe if you do your triple T again, you could do that. You do a double Olympic. I'm doing a double Olympic on uh, Camp Poland this year. So if you want you to are? come and try that out, back to back. Back to back, double Olympic. Mm. Yeah. We're doing a little later this year, so the lake's going to be nice and warm. Okay, beautiful. Jay Waters has sent through this week's discussion, and it's a bloody good question, I must say. What's the best way to use a lunch break at work when training for an Ironman, e.g. swim, bike, run, rest, or gym, or otherwise? That's assuming you've got a one-hour, say you've got a one-hour break, so you can probably squeeze in like a 45-minute workout with a little quick shower there, so what's the best thing you guys do? Do you, do you shower, is the question. At the it's end advisable. of the question, do you shower? Advisable. Well, if you're swimming, you don't need to. That's true. Uh-huh. So, so well, you want to wash that chlorine off, but you know, you, 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 if you were doing this, you'd have your your thirty minute session, your fifteen minute shower, and then your little fifteen minute moisturizer, and then you'd be back. John, back I'm to actually work. Got, I've been practicing my moisturizer. It only takes me six minutes now. Right, okay, got it down to six. Initially, it was fifteen. I'll and Jay it. also had another discussion topic: if there was ever going to be an I Am Talk cookbook, whether you're purchasing, he's got some ideas. No, he's not. He's saying what would be your meal. But that's what we're kind of doing. There. That's what we're doing. <laughs> but give us some ideas, Jay. We'd love to hear them. Okay, so beautiful. So what would you do in your lunchtime to get the most out of your Ironman training? Which is a good question for for your working athlete, isn't it? It is. You know, because if you've got a family, ultimately you want to get your training done morning and lunch, don't you? Exactly. And get home and then yep. sleep when you get home so you don't have to deal with the kids. <laughs> that that's wife that's right. <laughs> you keep singing that tune when you and, you and Joe move in. Start popping out sprogs. I'm sure that'll go down just for you. Oh, look, honey, I'm going to have a sleep. I trained hard today. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> right, here we go. Here's some music. Age Grouper of the Week. King, good old Ken McLaren. Do you know Ken McLaren? Yep. How do you know Ken McLaren? Because he is a great... Um, PR man, he's, he does uh, commentating at races. He used to commentate oh, really? at the over in Australia with the the Grand Prix Uncle Toby series and all that. He used to commentate over there, and he's, he does. Uh, he's one of the finish line guys at Ironman New Zealand. And he listens to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ken, I love I you. Mean, he takes. I don't know if he. I he think, does the books, doesn't he? Yeah, he does the books. So if you need some books, go to Keneally.co.nz. Yeah. He, uh, he exports anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, but he does uh, quite a bit of the finish line stuff when Mike Riley needs a little nap. Oh. Ken often takes over. I think. 
Oh, that's good to know. Well, he would like to actually nominate Nick Holmes for Age Group of the Week. Nick is an old-school endurance athlete who trains, swims, bikes, and runs, and does a lot of racing. Uh, several years ago, Nick spent a few summers here in Hawke's Bay. Oh, he lives in Hawke's Bay, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he had acquired a couple of nicknames, Nick the Palm Holmes, Nick... J-I-T. What do you think that means? Could be just in time, maybe. Yeah, I don't think it is. Maybe Could be. Holmes. Uh, there we oh, go. There we go. Gotcha. <laughs> just in time, followed his habit of rocking up to local tries just a few minutes before the start. <laughs> you nailed that. I'm gutted. Underlying his casual approach is a decent athlete. He qualified for Kona in 1999 with a sub-10 performance in Ironman New Zealand in Taupo. He recorded 9.42 a year or two later in a now-defunct Longest Day event in the UK. Since then, he has been a regular in long-distance tries and marathons. Anyway, the reason for his nomination was his win last year in the UK double Ironman in a touch under 24 hours. I think I actually watched I watched that because some of the listeners sent through nice. some video from that. I may have actually, I, I, I probably saw him talk. Uh, this was his first ever open event win in over 20 years of or more of racing, and even more so because he is now 50 and under 24 hours. He's now, well, he's now over 50 years old, and he did under 24 hours. Mm, that's pretty impressive. I'd like to nominate Nick for his great race in that event last year. His refreshingly simple approach... Uh, to an often overcomplicated sport is because he and because he came this way to stay with us a couple of times. He's a great flatmate and watered down my tomatoes when I was away. Nice. It is pretty cool, eh? You know, like not many people get to win races. No, and I think I remember that as well because yeah, it was, said, it was significant at the time, eh? Well, because he's he's the older genre. Uh, <laughs> you did that well, John. I would <laughs> just said mature. Mature. He's yeah. a mature athlete at, at around about fifty to to win a double. Not just any race to win a double is pretty impressive. And, and, but as you're saying, you know, like we've been fortunate to win races in our time. You know, mm. we've run the old race here or there in our life, and to actually um, to pull off a win, you know, it must be a bit of a highlight, oh, eh? Yeah. You know, it's just a shame. But I mean, it would be interesting to see how big a crowd he got there to to get the adulation. He's coming running down the finishing shoot oh, at a double race. I think it felt like a local try. I remember seeing the yeah. video, and it felt like a bit of a local try. If you know what I mean. I wonder if that's going to carry on <clears> the double Iron Man over there. Yeah, it was a big on Try Talk, I remember that. It was a big thing sure that Try Talkers were getting into. So Nice work, Nick J I T Holmes. Just in time. I'm a bit like him, aren't I? Yes. Just we could uh, <laughs> we could say that. But <laughs> cash. Yeah, we could say that. Great stress for those around me, but yeah. I'm not stressed. No, that's right. <laughs> so Nick Holmes, you are our Age group, group of the week. week. Love your work. One, two, three, four. High five. Oh, you joined in. I was trying to get in you there. joined in. <laughs> I like it. Right, we've got some more here from uh, from the Hawks Bay. Getting a little bit hot here, John. I'm just going to take my jacket off. It's so hot right now. It's so hot right now. Uh, Ellie Hollington. Some more from, she's from the Hawks Bay as well. I think she helps with the books, doesn't she? Uh, I'm not sure. She's a writer, I think. I think she's a teacher. Oh, okay. Well, she's a writer, Yeah. Uh, high five on how to recover for a, after a hard session. I'll go number one. Okay. <laughs> Immediate, <laughs> immediately get a recovery drink and some fruit, banana, grapes, and stretch. Totally agree with that. It's critical to help you recover from your sessions. I'm actually cold now. I'm going to put my jacket back and on. And 
you know, make sure, probably one big thing here is that can help you is uh, if you're driving to and from a session, say a long run or something like that, is to have something in the car. You know, that mm. really hurt. most of your tips here are around being efficient when you've got a short amount of time to, to get your recovery in. Not like if you've got all afternoon, if it's Sunday afternoon, slightly different. But this is if you've got a short time, you've got to get off to work. A lot of these things are time-saving things. But yep. if you're in the car, having some food, and when you're driving home, it's critical. Save your time and get that nutrition in. So that's about having good prep, really, isn't it, good before prep. you go out training? Yep. Uh, number two, if you, if you have got the opportunity, get back in the sea, lake, river if it's available. Or you can make your own ice bath in the kids' swimming pool or in the garden area or just get in a bath. Nice. Apparently, Paula Radcliffe has her own ice bath waiting at the end of a marathon to use before all post-race interviews. All right. That's pretty interesting, eh? Yeah. Uh, number three, have a shower whilst making food, e.g. boil the kettle to cook the pasta bunging the potato in the microwave etc if or have regu- been regularly organized and previously made a good post meal workout high carb blueberry muffins rice pasta etc with protein involved uh, really important if you have to rush off to work and need to have your meal on the way when i was teaching oh when i geez mate you're on fire there you know what you need to be john you need to be like one of those mind readers. I could do that. You could have one of those TV programs. I could, yeah, the, the psychics. Yeah, that's what you should do because you're just, you know, you're just out of nowhere, you're pulling the stuff out. These things are such a load of shit. <laughs> oh, God, they're terrible. Oh, oh, it's, it's, it's coming to me. She's got white hair and, oh, name, it's, yes, I can, yes, I can, yes, I can yes, see an A, yes, a, a Andrea. Yeah, guilty. Go rest some hours. I've never sobbed anything. God, when I am teaching, I get really cranky if I don't get my pot of museum before school starts. Pot and a muesli. <laughs> pot, no, 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 pot of muesli, John. And I have to wait for several for interval about two hours later. So now I always carry a banana and a healthy homemade muffin, etc., that I can stuff into my mouth if I'm running late. Always have more fluid available to keep rehydrating. And Ali's been reading uh, Gordo's book, yep. and one of the things he recommends is uh, elevating your feet. So lie on your back with your feet vertically up against. Do it while the you're wall. driving to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is all time-saving stuff. Gordo recommends five minutes for each hour of exercise. Um, really? That's what he recommends. But <laughs> I think uh, so. You do an eight-hour session. <laughs> that's what she said. She's just done a, a five-hour bike ride. Couldn't quite make the twenty-five minutes up there. I generally say, you know. Five to ten minutes yeah. is, is adequate. <laughs> That's pretty full on. Yeah. Number five, everyone's body is different, and you are only recovered when you are not rec- when you are recovered, not when you are missing. Training mates are recovered. Take your rest, resting heart rate, and follow the following morning. Assess how you feel, and don't be a slave to your training diary. And remember that you might cope missing your rest day right there and then. But how will it affect you a few days later? And finally, do as I say and not as I do, is I'm the worst overtrainer. <laughs> I just wanted to do one more lap because they're always doing it too. And it's a lovely summer's day out there and I'm still working on my comp- obsessive compulsive disorder. Nice. Any, any six tips, John? Well, I think the main thing is, and the, the theme that runs through here, is you just go back to your, uh, you know, whenever you've done a little first aid course. Yep, I have done it. The rice. Yep, no, it's changed now. Well, when I did it, it used to be rice. Oh, I think so, we still have rice. So you got first, first you got to take care of your nutrition. That's critical, and that will help your Doctors recovery. Doctors ABCs now. Okay, well, let me finish my Sorry. rice story. Okay. So you got, you you like got, you got to sort out your nutrition first, first and foremost, but then it's, rice is an easy way to remember it. Rest, ice, compression, elevation. Okay. There you go. So you got to have your rest. What, you you had, talked about a recovery. Yep. Icing, you know, ice bath or, or, you did that well or, or yeah. something like that. <clears throat> compression hasn't been mentioned here, but, you know, we all know that compression... 
does have some oh, impact. <laughs> you don't want to oversell that, do you? No, I don't want to oversell it, but you know, it's not going to do you any harm, and most of the stuff out there is showing that it can do you some good, and then elevation is also a good thing there. So there you go. So really, you want to have a rice. You want to have some rice. Cream Every, rice is good. Yeah, so it could be part of, maybe good. we should add, like, eat as well. Yeah. Ricey. Yeah. Rice. No, yeah. you go yum-yums. So if you said ricey, then you'd have a Y on the end and you go yum-yums and that can be your nutrition. Oh, see, John. There we go. And that's a high five. Oh. Five points. Oh. Improvising on air, aren't we? And it's the psychic in you again. Mm. What's the prediction? Make a prediction for this year, John. Mm. <laughs> Bevan does not win Hawaii. I, I'm sure. I can, I can see it. I can see it. I'm on the shores. I, I can see it. The sun is shining. It's windy, but Bevan's not going to win. I want a lot of numbers by the end of the Okay, you're going to give me a lot three of numbers. And 12. Always, always okay, three, three and give me, 12. Always. Always. Okay, three. Give me seven. How many did you buy off Lotto? Six plus yeah, six because six plus both. Okay, so six. Six. Okay, three. Three, twelve. Twelve. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. How many is that? You got to be under forty at one. Two. You got two more. Two more. Uh, two. Two. Yep. And thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. Okay, so this week's lot of numbers are two, three, twelve, twenty-one, thirty-six, thirty-nine. Now the question is, will you buy it? Now? I'm going to get those. I'm happy with that. You've written in one big line there, so I have to. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it all here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I'll go and get that. Okay, I'll do it yep. too. Because if yep. you win and I don't win, it would break my heart. Imagine if you did. Imagine if you win. Everyone out there buy it, but for New Zealand, don't. Because if everyone wins, yeah, it, it dissolves it all for yeah, us. Yeah, okay, what's the parable? Oh. A one and eight. Um, twelve. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was thinking bonus, but I was thinking the bonus number. Oh, what sorry. <laughs> Give me number one. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I can put some music on. <laughs> Website of the week. And good old uh, James Potel is sent through this one. It looks pretty cool. John Knights went on there and had a look. It's called Endurance Traveller. Well, it's, it's hard TV. to know. Yeah, dot TV, Endurance Traveller. But on there, it's just basically a YouTube type clip of this TV program that's going to be coming in the Travel Channel Network in America. But it's this one guy and a couple other athletes. Basically travelling around doing races, eh? It starts on Sunday, May 16th, 2010. Yep. And it will feature 10 international endurance sports events around the globe. I'm in Switzerland, Austria, Brazil, Chile, Mexico, South Africa, inline skating, endurance skiing, um, marathons, and lots of other different things. But it looks pretty funky. I mean, you get to see... You get to check out all the races from a slightly different perspective and also get to see all the cool things to do. And I think one thing this video put across is that they really they spend time going into each place and actually figure out the art and the culture mm. of each area. And I think for us as athletes, is that we can sometimes forget to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you get so focused on doing a race and that big goal and then you just want to get home and get back into life. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get to go to places that are pretty great and maybe a different cultures to the one you live in. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be silly not to actually try to experience some of that culture. Got to be careful with the food sometimes a little bit. Yeah, but, maybe but before, hey. before the race, but post-race, yeah, you know. post-race, go Give, nuts, give so. yourself a couple of weeks to actually have a look. And yeah. Imagine going to somewhere like Brazil or Chile or... Yeah. Where am I in Chile? Uh, that's where they do that. Uh, oh, the I new always one. pronounce the name wrong. It's P- I think it's Pucon. I used to say Pusan, but I think okay. Albert corrected me again. It's Pucon, I think. Okay. Uh, so it's a 70.3. 
So really yeah, like skating. Have you ever tried it? No, I haven't. But because uh, I know in the adventure racing they brought in a lot, didn't they? Yeah, I remember like that. M and that yeah. had to bring on and on skating. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say the skating at the, at the I was watching some speed guys yesterday. Long stuff. That's pretty full on. Oh, isn't it like the three thousand meter ones? Yeah, so five, five and three. Yeah, it's uh, it looks tough. Yeah, man. Very tough. They must have just screwed backs. Oh yeah, they're qu- big quads too. And they're big like quads. they're literally just ninety degrees uh, to the ground, mm. aren't they? They're just mm. bent over, aren't they? Mm. It's pretty impressive. So this is a pretty good website. Obviously, it's probably going to be more for the American audience, but uh, it's quite a cool trailer. Just gave a look at. If you go to endurance traveler TV, and one thing John was saying when we were watching it, what a wicked job that would be to actually nice job. Yeah, man. Imagine spending a year going around just doing these awesome races. That would be cool. You know, having you know, I'm not sure how fast this guy was as an athlete, but you know, you're still getting to experience some pretty cool races, Mm -hmm. eh? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Okay. We're already up to it, John. Questions and answers. And we've got quite a few today, so let's rock on through. Good old James Thomas. I'm planning to do an Ironman Canada in August this year. It'll be my third time at the distance and at this particular venue. The first one, 2008, was nice, relaxing 13 hour. Second one, 2009, was hotter, 15 degrees Celsius. 15 degrees. Oh, hotter. hotter. So it was actually 34 degrees Celsius, I should say. And got gout attack for the race, which really messed up my plans. Finishing in a gruelling 15 hours 15. 13 Uh, hours 15. Sorry, 13 hours 15. After I thought I could hit around 12 hours. Oh, well. So my question is this. I'm planning on doing a half Ironman, June 6th, and another on July 4th. And then he's off to Arizona in March for a week training camp. I have the opportunity to take two, three weeks off this summer. And I was planning on doing an epic block of training myself, solo. Would you recommend a solid three weeks or three weeks spread out over a longer period? What type of training would you recommend for, for such a period? I'm pretty good aerobic base, but I'm definitely lacking in muscular endurance. So I've added an appropriate weight training to my program and I'm training with power on the bike. I'm a comp trainer and he's seen good gains so far this season. Help. Help! Your input would be greatly appreciated. So Go, I'd, coach. I uh, would definitely recommend if you've got two or three weeks, and this applies to everybody, that you'd spread those out through the season um, as part of your build up to your main race. Uh, and ideally, you know, if you're doing a say a 16 week build up, you do one one of those weeks somewhere in your base period, and really try to get your volume up on the bike, and just have a good long. You know, fairly easy paced um, week, but but really going going nuts on the uh, the, the distance, and then another week, probably um, say about maybe twelve weeks out, um, when you're more in your sort of build and strength phase, and, and probably make that a bit more strength focused week. Maybe try to go somewhere where you've got lots of hills and do some strength work on the bike and the run, and uh, and then make it more a bit like what we do on Epic Camp, where you you swim, bike, and run all day, whereas that first one maybe focus a bit more on your biking. And then about six weeks out would be great timing to do another one, another full-on week. You can still easily recover in six weeks as long as you don't go too nutso. Um, and there, I'd probably recommend more like what I actually do when I go to Poland where we've got a bit of a mixture of distance and race-specific work. So, you know, you definitely want to have a really good long ride in there, um, but also some race pace work, you know, maybe a half Ironman at, at Ironman pace and maybe some... Olympic distance work in there as well, but um, you know, doing a, a big week about six weeks out, as long as you get the recovery right, really works well. And we have guys that do Epic Camp, uh, and then they go and race Ironman New Zealand five or six weeks later, and they and they come out of that really, really well. So that would be my advice: is to spread those weeks out through your build up to your main race. One thing I would recommend that you do, James, is um, <coughs> excuse me, is um, 
in your epic week that you've got that's you know maybe two or three wait try to get people to train with you don't do it oh, solo yeah. you know like if you can get some mates who are along who maybe don't have to make every day of the training week but even if you're just of the seven days that you have if you can get people to come for maybe three or four of the days mm. it's just going to help you lift your game a little bit because when you do epic weeks you're fatiguing your body and mm. mentally you're going to start to struggle and those last three or four days you're just not going to have that mental push to get through yep. and that's where some good old fashioned training buddies to mentally kind of stimulate you and have that competitive edge will help you really get the intensity that you need in those sessions so yeah so you may not have someone who could do it with you all week but just get the odd person who you know maybe one of your training buddies can join you on a Saturday and on a Sunday and stuff like that question number two Alex Martinez nice it's pretty good I love the podcast I listen every week and we love that you love it Alex I'm in the middle of a divorce oh here we go (laughs) straight into it and I want to give up uh, to give up my goal of finishing a full iron I don't want to I don't want to give up my goal of finishing a full iron distance race this season as it stands right now I will have the kids three uh, my, my three kids every week end and that will cut into my long training days I have thought about doing some of my long distance running on a treadmill and my bike on the rollers what is your opinion on this method of training for the time being it looks like the only reasonable option any advice you can offer that would be appreciated I didn't actually read that question 100% so I'm just going to skip my first uh, first okay. point there um, you know I'd suggest for the if, if at the end of the day you do you're going to have to find a way to do some long rides somewhere yep. in there um, it can't really be avoided that much uh but I'd suggest, you know, if it's uh, early season for you, um, actually probably working on your bike intensity a bit more. That's what I've been, I do with a, a number of my guys is really try to get their intensity up somehow. But I would say uh, running, I don't think you need to get quite as carried away with your running. So I'd say focus on keeping your run frequency up. Uh, try to keep your long run at about 1 hour 30. And if you needed to do that on the treadmill, I've got guys at the moment in the, in the North America, apparently in North America that... Yesterday or the day before, oh, snowing like crazy, isn't it? No, it's the first time ever they've had snow in all fifty states or something like really? that. Yeah, which wow. is quite interesting. So, but anyway, I'd say try to keep your run frequency up fairly high. Um, you only need your long run to maybe be about one hour thirty. At the end of the day, you're just going to have to find a way to try to get your bike track. Okay, so out. let's look at minimals. You know, like first of all, Alex isn't going to be having you know the fastest Ironman. It's it's mm-hmm. going to be a completion race. Mm-hmm. So, if you've got 12 weeks in front of you and you've got the race in front of you and let's say you can do some three hour rides after work during yep. the week so you yep. three three maybe three and a half max so you're home that's fine yep. yep so what about you know like if he's going to do some long rides how many long rides does he have to get in look for a lot of people they could probably get away with doing none yep. you know and just battle your way through on the day yep. um, but I mean if you could try to get one good long one every three weeks or so that would probably be acceptable yep. you know, you've got, you're going to get out what you put in yep. um but if we look at you know your running side of things, I think as long as you can keep that long run about that hour thirty to maybe up to two hours, and most people can fit that in in their working week, is, yep. is okay. The other question you've got in there about doing work on the treadmill, um, perfectly fine. You've just got to find you know treadmill running is has got its advantages, it's got its disadvantages, and the main disadvantage is uh, is the, the, so bottom, the bottom here. the bottom factor, um, yep. which people struggle with. So you know, and cover up the clock. Oh, oh. <laughs> cover the clock. It's just painful. <laughs> Don't watch the seconds tick. Oh, by. man. I once did two and a half hours on a treadmill. Yeah. Those guys who beat the like, When I was in Las Vegas one time, this guy was beating the world 100 mile on a treadmill. Yeah. And, God, he looked bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, treadmill running's, you know, 
you just got to find a way to keep yourself motivated. It's, it's perfectly fine. Roll, when you say roller work, if you're just being on the rollers with zero resistance, I'd say, yeah, you need to need to get yourself a decent decent indoor trainer. And uh, if you can get you know if you can get yourself a compu trainer, I know they're expensive. Depends what your budget is, but that guy, plenty of guys can do three, four, five hours on a compu trainer. It may just be that you have to couple of times you know when you, during the week when you haven't got kids get up at like three o'clock in the morning and, yep. and try to get in a you know a four-hour uh, compu trainer session not, not that i'm a bloody parent advisor but i think one thing you do want to do is have one of your weekend days as your rest day oh, totally. so you've, you've really got to load up your week you know like you've got to do your, your three-hour rides after work you've got to do yep. your long runs after work and you'll get to the weekend you'll be you'll be buggered and yep. then maybe if you can get up early and get i don't know maybe get someone to look after the kids one day for a few hours so you can actually knock out your long ride then and then have the rest of the weekend off yeah you know because you need a rest day a first of all yeah you know and b for your kids you know at that time as well okay uh next question the hurt patrick healy <clears throat> i'm doing my first ironman next summer uh and have been a few training questions that i was hoping to you may have the answer to racing your first Ironman conventional wisdom and advice seems to be you should just have a conservative race plan for your first Ironman and use that as a learning experience yep. assuming you've been a competitive at Olympics half Ironmans and followed the John Newsom three year plan nice. I like that nice. and are well prepared is it realistic to race your first Ironman trying for a Hawaii slot and that's interesting because it depends what you mean by race, because well, I, well, I haven't raced an Ironman yet. I don't, yeah, not, no, not really. Yeah, no, not either. You know? I've never uh, been able to really just push and kill myself. No, I mean, I've, I've pushed hard, but it's always, for me, still Survival. being just, right, I've got to get from A to B as quick as I possibly can, and how am I going to do that? And realistically, in the field, probably 5% of athletes are racing. Yeah, like on the bike, that. you know, um, yeah, sure, I've ridden with other people, but if people are riding a little bit too hard for, hard on me, I've just gone okay. I suppose I suppose for him, we're going to find getting a kind of slot. Yeah, so that's very pretty. So, I think you know, racing is an interesting way. You've just got to focus right. How am I going to get from A to B in the fastest possible way? And that should be the same for everybody. So yes, you need to be conservative, but you obviously want to want to go fast. The biggest thing you've got to do is to ensure that you're fueled appropriately and you're going to have energy for the second half of the run. And that does mean being a little bit conservative on the bike. Um, so I'd strongly suggest, if you're going for a Kona slot, um, you really work on those simulations, look at your results from your half Ironman um, races and also from your half Ironman simulations and you have a pacing tool, either heart rate or power if you've got it. Those are the best, uh, powers of the best pacer on the bike if you haven't got that heart rate but you need something to keep yourself under control especially if you come from a short course background because it's very very easy to, to push the pace too hard on the bike so when you say race I'd say perfectly fine to race the run um, but you know you just need to be controlled on the bike because the second half of the marathon that is what is going to decide whether you have a good race or a crappy race and you just need to set yourself up for that um, so yeah I, well, I think the thing is as well is that race. I think you just got to make sure you know, people the second half of the run, once you get to, say, 20, 25k in the run, at that stage, you can just go for broke um, yep. and, and go for it. But up to that stage, you do have to be fairly conservative. Well, that, and the downfall of your thing, your strategy is that maybe is that what's going to happen is you're going to look at the times you've done halves and Olympics in, and you're going to kind of think, well, I should be sitting around this time in an Ironman. And you don't know, really. Are you? Like, it does give you some gauge, but it's not really that specific. And... When you race a race, you take risks. So, like my last New Zealand, I did. I took a risk on the bike because I, yep. if I wanted to do a sub nine, I had to go certain speed, and yep. and I wasn't going that speed, so I had to push harder. And it came to bite me in the bum when it got to the run. Yep. And so, when you race, you're taking risks, and 
you, you kind of need to gauge what kind of time you're going to think you're going to be around, but then you've got to also trust, and this is where it'll be really hard for you on the bike to trust that if you can be conservative then, that you'll have it in the run, yep. and that's that's going to be the challenge for you, isn't it? So yeah, when, when it does come to the run, that's when you can actually work on time a little bit, and if you want to race it, um, and you've got a certain time in mind, then then you can go for it, and you can work. The bike is really hard when it comes to time and speeds, etc., because the conditions can can affect that so much. But you should be able to figure out a fair but with fairly good confidence what best case scenario you could run for a marathon. So figure out you know if, you have, if you've done a marathon you should be able to estimate it based off that you know if you if you run a three hour 30 marathon it's not realistic to think you can run a three hour 40 in an Ironman race yeah. you know you could probably run maybe a 350 three, 350 to four hours could, yeah. could be realistic um that'd be but, a good solid day wouldn't it yeah, yeah that would be perfect scenario so you've got to think for the run what is the absolute best case scenario you could realistically run and do not exceed that for the first, you know, 15 to 20k of the run, and then take it from there. Um, but as you said, with the with the bike, you just need to be have a pacing plan and, yeah. and stick to it and be reasonably conservative. And, and that's the thing. At the end of the day, the best thing you, you, racing comes from experience, doesn't it? Mm. You know, and, and learning how to do a race. And so it's kind of hard on your first race. It's going to be a challenge. But you know, can't say it's not going to happen. Uh, here's another question: Long training run paces. Uh, pacing training for a marathon you run your long runs a minute or slower per mile than you expect to race pace should you do the same training for an Ironman based run on your race pace or would it be too slow as an Ironman run is already slower than a half marathon I think this is where a lot of people fall down with their training is they don't actually do any pace work pace work no at their Ironman race pace and yep. for a lot of people that's actually quite slow and they yeah. struggle to go that slow so you need to do some Ironman pace uh, is it just running. because you, you want your body to understand that feeling well yeah it is and and you need to be efficient you know in terms of your metabolism at that speed and you just people just go too hard in training to be honest yeah and uh and and so you just need to sometimes just slow down a little bit um again the run walk side of things really helps a lot of people with that um <coughs> so answer to your question is yes you need to do plenty of pace work at Ironman pace and for a lot of people that's going to be uh, actually slowing things down a little bit and learning to run at that speed and becoming efficient at that speed that said um, you also do need to do some above Ironman race pace work you know one workout I remember we did uh, you remember that day we ran um, from Gordo's place when he was in Christchurch and it was a really hot day and we did like a 10k at a reasonable pace and yeah. then we ran up um, Heathcote Valley and did 6k sort of yeah. um, fairly yeah. hard so for the more experienced athletes then you need to put a bit of pressure on some of those long runs and not make them all easy jogs around the hills you do need to do some good marathon because there is that catch 22 about. with endurance athletes that they train themselves to be slow mm-hmm. you know yep. what I mean you know like they just because they think they're endurance, they just never really add the intensity to it. And, you know, you need to mix it up, don't you? You need to have a bit yep. of the intense, fast stuff, a bit of the slower stuff, yep. so your body understands the feel and pace. Um, and that's the same across all three disciplines. So you don't want to be doing all your riding at Ironman pace. You don't want to be doing all your riding at a slow pace. You want to be doing plenty of race pace work, so you get comfortable and efficient at that level. You need to be doing some harder stuff. You need to be doing some slower stuff. And I think one thing you've got to learn to become as an athlete is, is you've got to become a wise athlete, because the problem is a lot of people's esteem is based on how hard they train you know like they smack themselves day in day out and I'm hardcore and so you know that represents who I am as a person but that's not a wise athlete because a wise athlete goes well 
where, where do I get gains physically so I can improve? And that means sometimes you just do have easy sessions. That means yep. sometimes you rest, and that means sometimes you have days off. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's getting you to the point where on race day, you can have the best performance and the best growth as mentally and physically as a person. And if you're just always smacking the crap out of yourself, sure, there's an esteem that comes with that, but it's actually not making you a wise athlete. And yeah, yeah, very philosophical here, oh, Bevan, yeah. yeah. I write for the press now, John. Yeah, you see, very so. good. and uh, and so, but you know, and ultimately, you think, what's my ultimate goal, and what do I need to be as an athlete to achieve that? And you know, and then if you think of it that way, then you actually think, well, sometimes I shouldn't be beating the crap out of myself. I actually need to take a little bit easier so my body can get the gains that I've done through the hard sessions. So, nice. Um, I think critical critical workouts for everybody, fast or slow, whatever speed you are, is do some half Ironman simulations at Ironman pace. I think those are really key words. You love those, don't you? I do. You love them. They, they're not actually that hard. They're, they're pretty no, comfortable. No, not at Iron Man pace. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the run especially is pretty comfortable. Yeah. Uh, good old Alan Ritchie. He loves the show. First time listener. I oh, know, first time, long time listener. First time emailer. That's right. Jeep, it's loves crazy. the show. Loves it, loves it. But he's no. non related. Oh, you go. Well, it's business related. I think he thinks it's non related, but it's very related. Triathlon questions? Yeah. Uh, about Hold four on. weeks. Oh. Yeah, you said his Kona coverage and super subsequent Kuda. Super Kona coverage was was fantastic. Nice. And help him get through his Christmas. Beautiful. And he is going to be coming. Four weeks from now, he's going to become a father for the first time. He probably is. Oh, no, it's February 9th. So he, uh, yeah, he's going to be a daddy soon. So he's going to be racing Rote this year. So it's going to be a challenging next few months. Second Ironman, first was Ironman UK last year. So I want to keep training following the birth. Obviously, this will be a difficult life balance. So I'm looking at baby joggers so that I can train and spend time with my new daughter. Oh, it's a daughter. Um, I presume that, as you're both dads, you have experienced what brand of baby jogger is best. Most look like they may fall apart the first badly paved road. Do you have any advice? Now, to be honest, I wasn't much of an athlete when my daughter was a baby. I was more into the, the alternative lifestyle. That's right. And uh, so I, I never really ran with my daughter in a buggy. But I do. I do uh, I'm getting doing more and more running with the buggy now. Um, do so you have the double buggy? You do, I don't do you? Have the double buggy. Uh, so I. Geez, you, that's a lot of resistance training. No, it's actually it's actually a lot easier doing the double buggy because then you've got a lot of weight. Oh, so along. once you get it moving, it's yeah. fine. So initially getting going is uh, is you know, the first couple of steps, but then it, uh, it's quite easy, actually. Yep. Um, so in New Zealand, I use a mountain buggy brand, uh, and I'm not sponsored by them. No, but, I'm uh, sure you tried. You may just want to do a, do a Google search. <laughs> I actually thought about this. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there is an Ironman-branded buggy out there, yep. um, which I think you can get in the States, and I don't know what the actual name of the buggy is but uh, anyway I always mountain buggy if you have a look at a picture of them that's one I use that's pretty good Uh, and there's also another one in New Zealand called Phil and Ted's but I guess you're probably in the uh, in the UK because he's working on the London 2012 games he's involved in venues and infrastructure who's this what? the guy who wrote in Alan Ritchie oh really? yeah so um, nice. anyway, hook a brother up, man. We can come along, with, you know. Give us a bit of uh, yeah. some media passes there for the triumph. Look, you are. Look, you are. Ooh, come over. Anyway, um, one thing I think you're going to struggle with, Alan, is uh, with a newborn. I don't think it's the best idea to be running in a buggy. Um, really, once this is from uh, Phil's Phil the the, the Phil and Ada. Phil and Ada. His yep. his wife won't let him take uh, his young young baby out until she can sit up, and I think that's quite a good rule to have. Is once they can be sitting, then they're probably enough stable enough. Their neck's probably stable enough to go out running. But I've only recently started running with Felicity and Thomas in the buggy, and Felicity's about ten months. I'd probably say from about oh, of course. eight months, she probably would have been okay. But I've sort of waited a little bit longer, um, and now I take them both out and they love it. So, but but I'd only ever generally run for about sort of. 
30 to 40 minutes would be tops. Yeah. Um, but I do know the Huttonator, Nick Hutton. Oh, everyone's an eater. <laughs> everybody's an eater. He was on Epic Camp. Um, he used to take his boy out for quite long runs, um, and, he, and he says he loves it, but I tend to stick to I think Axel's like that. You always see Axel with his kid. He, <laughs> he, goes, he goes biking and running, and he does, he does big runs. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. but and if I'm running with the, the buggy? Because I often thought, it, it's an ugly design, isn't it? It's... Uh, I'd rather go running, but it's better than doing nothing at all. And then what about the the? Because it must be quite close to you. Or do you keep no, a long you arm keep, out? You keep it. Keep a long. And arm you just run with one arm. Uh, I tend to run with two arms. Some people run with one arm. Um, I just mix it up a little bit. But yeah, it's not That's ideal. Thing, like if you're going to do long runs, it can't be good for your technique. No, it's it's not ideal. Um, but it's. I always thought having a harnessed, and a kid behind you, so you can run. Yeah, that'd be an interesting way of doing it. I haven't really thought about that. And, and instead of having a piece of rope, you'd have like a, 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 a funnel rod thing. Or something. Yeah. yeah, so it just keeps the distance. And so then you can actually run and the kid's behind you. I guess if you're doing, if you've got a good straight line, no curbs or anything. Well, like I'm, that. I'm sure it depends on how well they designed the buggy for the cornering and stuff. You should patent that, Bevan. Well, I just, I just thought, you know, like the problem with buggies are, you, 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 you know, the, you can't run really. You've got yep. a funny position. Yep. Whereas if you had a harness that's pulling the buggy, mm-hmm. then you actually can run. If you were running on a beach or something, that'd be fine. But most of the time, the runs I do, I'm sometimes going up and down curbs and things like that. It's yeah, but I'm sure they can make them so they're a bit more stable. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have like a trainer wheel, so when yeah. it tips, you know, like how they yeah. have those cars that have the tipping stuff. Yeah. So there you go. If you if you make some money off that. If you, make, you like that idea, don't you, John? It's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. You haven't thought of that, have you? No. I'm an ideas man, John. That's what I am. Right. Tell you what, speaking of the baby, have you watched that movie we got yet? Yes, well, but let's not mention it. We'll, we'll talk about it in a few weeks. Oh, but. just that guy, the cyclist with the, the neck brace. I haven't got to that part yet. Oh, it's very... Oh, we got to give a new movie. We'll talk about that afterwards. It was, uh, it was very good. Okay. Um, okay. Um, Michael Belmont. Big fan of the show, followed every episode, and they've helped me considerably. Thanks a bunch. I have a training question. My wife and I recently moved from sunny Tolson, Arizona, Tucson. Tucson, that one too, uh, to a small town in wintry Montana. I've signed up for Ironman Utah in May, which means my training will be mostly in the winter months without a local indoor swimming pool. Ooh, the closest one is two hours away. I was wondering about substituting cross-country skiing and strength training exercises and doing a massive swim whenever I was in town, maybe twice a month. If that would be sufficient, I'm an average but strong, not fast swimmer. Any thoughts would be appreciated. Yeah. Does that question bore you, John? No, just for time. You were just thinking my harness, we're weren't t- you? We're taking a hammering from our kids at the moment. Oh, yeah? <laughs> in terms of sleep front. Anyway, I'd say, you know, a bit like the other question we had before in terms of training with the kids, you're going to get out what you put in in terms of your training. So cross-country skiing is going to be great for getting keeping your fitness up. It's probably not going to help your, you know, specifically your Ironman performance massively, but if you don't do any training at all, obviously, by keeping your fitness up, it is. So I'd say it's good, but the reality is uh, you need to learn to love your indoor trainer and treadmill and uh, do plenty of indoor trainer workouts, plenty of treadmill workouts. Wouldn't get too those, those- for swimming well you see you've been reading ahead haven't no you? now I'm becoming a psychic <laughs> um, I was the powerful six <laughs> you know I, I wouldn't get too stressed about your swim as long as you're as long as the distance is not too much of an issue um, as long as you swim periodically you should should be fine but again you're not going to be in premium yeah, again you're condition. conceding that you're not going to be in your great place but as Bevan said you know get yourself some swim cords and that will get the the 
you know the the pattern motor patterns sort of working that you it should be working will also help with a little bit of strength work but reality is you're going to need to do some uh some serious indoor work okay nice bevan's been tacking on here i've tacked on a couple ones well i've tacked on just a couple first of all john the mountain snail um has sent through a photo of him and his the, the junior mountain snail yeah uh peering down the the Ironman New Zealand 2009 finish shoot, and I'm going to put that on the website this week. I also got he's been featured several times. Well, he's had you know, it's actually not that hard to be pictures. featured. <laughs> yeah. Send a photo of yourself of an Iron Talk you get on. But Richard Eastwood, uh, he sent through this email, and, and I thought it was it's really kind of an important email to read. G'day, I listen religiously to your podcast and very much enjoy the show. Following your discussions of the week with regards to the whole finishing shoot issue, I am compelled to write and share my thoughts. Ironman is a very individual event. It takes an extraordinary amount of time and impact quite an impact quite severely on other parts of your life as you have previously mentioned the most significant recognition that most of us can give is to cross the line particularly as most of us are not going to qualify for Hawaii uh, if some of us wish to share this moment with our family I think that we should be encouraged I've attached a photo of me finishing 2009 in Port Macquarie I will put that on the website as well a day that my daughter considers to be the best in her life she has also been encouraged to try triathlon herself I'm not going to try to qualify for Kona unfortunately and if the worst that they can do is disqualify me I would be tempted to take the risk I will still know that I have done it and that they will still try to sell me the photo (laughs) (laughs) nice further if you are interested when this photo taken was uh, taken the announcer came over the microphone and said that after that uh, after me and my children no one would be allowed to cross the finish line with their children so um, some did not obey lastly last weekend I did the half in G-Line and for the first time my kids did not cross the finish line with me this was nearly not as nearly as rewarding um, I think one thing you know this is an issue that lobby them lobby yeah, them I think I think we need to actually get right emails to them mm-hmm. and we need to say you know like these kind of emails you know like Rich is saying for his daughter it's the best day in her life like mm. and you see the photo I'll put it on the website it's a great photo and they all look bloody happy and you can tell he's a proud dad and they're, yeah. they're proud of their dad and, and if we, we can bitch and moan in private but yeah I think the best thing to do if you've got a problem with it which most of us do have now um, just write to if they get enough emails they'll yeah, they'll, they'll and, find a way. And I know I've said this a few times, but I think it's just uh, just not trying hard enough. And and I understand the situation. I know it's, it's safe and healthy, mm-hmm. and and you know, like in the twelve hour mark when people are just flying through that finish mm-hmm. line, it's difficult. But just to say, no, we're not doing it, just seems a bit weak. Mm-hmm. And there could be a better solution. Totally agree. So the other thing, and that, that was actually one thing I was thinking about over the weekend with the coast to coast. They could have easily said. Right, we're just going to cancel the run. We're going to cancel the uh, the first kayak, and we're all just going to move over and start from the middle of the island. But yep. they they found a way to make it. It was still the coast to coast. You yep. still went from one side of the island to the other. It was not perfect, and there were a lot of disappointed people. But, but they, they found a, they found a way. Yeah, and uh, and we just think that they could try a little bit hard. Whereas when they had you know the Ironman New Zealand kerfuffle a few years ago, then they just did a ninety k bike and a twenty one k run where. I think it was pretty obvious there was some better solutions out there. Yeah. So, so WTC, please pull your socks up on this one because it's it's an important thing for for us as a triathlete. But also, I think you guys out there actually send them an email and just you know don't be angry, just kind of say how this is really important and mm. you know and, and I, they'll probably do something about it because mm. they know how important Iron Talk is. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sponsors, athletes. Why can't we talk com. about this now? Just let me explain later. Because oh, it's really good. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> anyway, if you want to get some, uh, go to athlinks.com. There's uh, 
exterior wetsuit specials on oh, there. Get on there, John. Get on there. But also, I thought one thing we can do here, Bevan, is go. Go, go to our page. Go to our page. So if you go onto um, athlinks.com, um, you can find an IM Talk page. We'd like everybody to join up, join yeah. us on there. We've got lots of friends. We've got lots of friends. We've got 788 friends at the moment, and we want that as Moritari, contributor to the show this week. No pain. Yeah. But if you scroll, it's a great scroll, name. scroll down a little bit, oh, I'm going to put the pain on you, Bevan. Feel the pain. Um, what are you talking about, fool? We can see who's racing up this weekend at the Heartbreak Duathlon. Put your little cursor over okay, there. Yeah, that's good old Bowman. Bowman Fawcett. He's racing at the Heartbreak Duathlon this weekend. National Breads Cancer Marathon. Mike Yeager. Uh, what about my Matt Clayton? He's doing the Contact Tri-Series. Actually, um, for New Zealand listeners, if you watch, uh, it's on TV1 this week on Sat- uh, Sunday. Um, I think it's on Sunday. It's either Saturday or Sunday. The National Contact Triathlon Series is on in Auckland, uh, Takapuna, and they have it live coverage on TV. So it's you know a good hour to hour and a half of sprint distance coverage. You've got Bevan Doherty going against Chris Gemmell against Laurent Vidal, um, who's a top French guy, and the girls race should be interesting as well. We've got all our top Kiwi girls racing. Check it out. Check it out. Yes, David, uh, how's that one? David McGurk. Is racing at the Scenic City Half Marathon. Oh, I have a smash it race. Vin Darcy racing at the Colchester Half Marathon. Oh, and on Sunday, there's plenty of people racing this weekend. That's also this. Oh, that's the following weekend. Oh, but anyway, funny. Aaron Schur is racing in uh, at the Desert Classic Half Ironman New Zealand. You've got Tony, Todd Smythe. You've got Peter, Peter Tinhold, Tinhold, Daddy, Daddy Death. Death. Uh, oh, what's got up there? It's got up there. What's it doing that? Mike Yeager is also Mike Yeager's doing a lot of racing. Racing, don't mess with Mike Yeager. There you go. Is he going to? He's from Florida. He's coming to New Zealand. Nice, nice. So that's one of the things about this. If you've got your own group or you've got your IM Talk group, and if people put in there their upcoming races, um, you can see who's racing and get those rival things going. And that's a big part of Athlinks. Best thing is keep all your results in one place. The other side of things is keeping track of what other people are up to. Oh, I think the thing to remember is, is that, you know, like, let's say you are doing a race, let's say, you, you know, you've got your local tri group on here, and you're going to go do whatever it is, I'm in New Zealand, you kind of see who's going, and yep. you can say, oh, I'm going to be going, it's, maybe we can hook up for Put on your accommodation. Well, Jay Waters has, look at his one. That's nice. It's a great shot. Nice. Oh, Jay Waters, we love you, in that manly kind of way. Okay, so athletics.com, check it out, because it's just worth, check, check. Checking it out. That's right. Nice. Coffee's of Hawaii. I've been sending me a few uh, interesting emails the last week or so through, co- through Coffee's of Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> through Coffee's of Hawaii. I don't want to know about Just it. we've been talking about the barefoot running side of things. Bobby McGee, who we had on the show a while ago, if you go to his blog, he's got quite a few interesting uh, little notes on... He's a fan? Yes, but in moderation and tweaking things a bit. Sounds a bit like you, John. Bit. Exactly. Probably listened to the show and said that John Newsom, he knows his stuff. Valentine's Day, it's been and gone, but if you've missed it, if you've missed it... It's not too late, John. It's not too late to, to, get the, uh, to put in the promo code LOVE and you get some 25% off some milk, get, uh, some but, gift tins. But you get, you get tins and chocolate, John. Nice. So we're not that? quite sure how long that oh, is going to go for. So it's still on there it's now, John. It's still on there now. The Valentine's Day gift tin. Here we go. So if you're unable to bring your Valentine's Day to Molokai, then consider one of our freshly roasted Valentine gift tins. They're beautiful, rich in flavour, and less in calories. Well, that's interesting. A gift can be included in a gift tin. Card. A gift card can be included in a tin at no additional cost, and will handwrite your expression of love. So might be a little bit late now to get that, and this might only be up there for a day or two more. But uh, we've talked about this before. Great gift opportunity. Those gift tins... 
just getting something yeah, a little bit different. I, I Birthdays, Christmas, whatever. When's Father's Day coming up? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, it's Father's Day is September. It's right. Mother's Day next. That's around May. Okay. You can get your mother coffee. Sorry? You can get your mother coffee. Good point. Did your mum drink coffee? Yes. A lot? Yeah, it reads me all out. It's a good idea, actually. Yeah, so go on to it, John. Blinda, Blinda is actually the present buyer in our house. Oh. She does all presents. She's oh, really? very, very good. Really? Um, but I might get what, into What's that. the trade-off that you have to do for that? Uh, mow the lawns. Mow the lawns. <laughs> yeah, clean the pool, mow the lawns. <laughs> mow the lawns. I do the morning get-up, wake-ups. That's what I do. Oh, do you? Last so she week, stays in bed? Last week we went, uh, so I was up at 4 o'clock on Wednesday and Thursday. And when I say up, I didn't just get up to... to Tell the babies to go back to sleep. I was up at four. It was on. It was on at four. At four. And then coast to coast day was three thirty. Oh really? And then the next day I was sick. <laughs> really? really just... Yeah. So it's been a good week. Yeah. Oh, you, so, you need John. You need some good coffee for coffee. So boy, to so, perk you up. Get on there. Get your gifts. And and again, like they have the things like the gift tins, but let's say you don't know what kind of coffee your friend likes, you can get them a coffee card mm-hmm. so that they can come on and go. You know what? I actually really like that Molokai coffee or the Kona coffee or the Maui coffee and yeah. you know so they can actually choose what they want themselves so nice idea. let's get on to it 25, 50, 100 250 dollars there but you'd be feeling yeah you'd be getting some you know what you'd be getting some love enough for this for your partner appreciation yeah okay so coffeesofhawaii.com for the world's best coffee that's what you do you say sponsors are uh, coffeesofhawaii.com world's best coffee get the gifts Athlinks.com. Check out who's racing when. Nice. And then smashed him. Smashed him, bro. <laughs> bro. 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 <laughs> okay, John, so tell me about your life. Got the Canterbury Secondary Schools Triathlon today. To oh, really? And observe and promote my junior program. Do you, do you stand around like the, like the big dog? On, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah like Simon Cowell, aren't you? Yeah. Have you so, watched that program lately? American Idol? It's pretty funny at times. I, 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 I managed to catch it on Saturday night. And... Uh, it's very funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's got it's got good. I can see why people watch it. It's yeah. pretty entertaining. Yeah, it is pretty entertaining. When they're doing the, the pre... Yeah. You can watch well, you it get the gumboots. But you get some gumboots in there. The gumboots are the ones who, who don't don't believe that they haven't been picked. They're yeah. the best ones. You get some people going and taking the piss, but some of them... Yeah. Like, Seriously? Do you really think you're that good? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, what's uh, Other than that... Um, okay, wait a second. The Canterbury Champs for the, for the youths. Yes. Uh, any potential... Tough course. Is it really? Tough course. Very hilly. What are they doing? Uh, they do, it's varies from age group, but the, the older ones do a sprint distance, so 750, 25 on a very, very hilly course at Corsi Bay. Oh, Corsi Bay, is it? So other than that... Do we have any good kids coming through? Anyone uh, who you think? Olympic schools? Um, <coughs> no, I don't think so. Not in the Canterbury region that <laughs> I can... I don't listen. Well, I'm just trying to think. I'll, find, I'll, I'll give you an update tomorrow. I, haven't, I didn't, don't remember from last year the, the, the ones that went through. Nobody no, it's not really until kids camping. leave school that they really kick in with triathlon. No, you need you need somebody who is either a an good exceptional swimmer. swimmer or an exceptional runner who's swum a little bit earlier in life, and then those are the guys that can uh, crank it up. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I'll let you know next week if I see any Olympic potentials out there. What about the rest of the week, John? Rest of the week, what else we got on? I know what you got on. Wednesday's your anniversary. That's true. So, what Wednesday's are you doing, John? Wednesday's anniversary. I think you should make it good. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it good. I'll, again, I'll report on next week on how I've made it good. Okay, what else? Uh, just a regular week, other than that. Yeah, mm. last weekend was a big one with Coast to Coast. It was a couple of days away. Was it horrible? Was it horrible being the support crew? Because it, it was apparently it was miserable. It, well, it was it, normally you've got a lot of time to to just chillax and socialise yeah. and, and stuff at the different transitions. This day it, it was, was a just, stress. It was what I don't think it's stress. It was just like. 
yeah, we might not make it with the next transition. So it was uh, it was a bit of a painful day. Does he does he pay down nowadays? Because like no, coast to coast, he only pays the winner normally. Interesting you should say that because this year, thumbs up the coast to coast, they have improved it. Normally it's ten thousand dollars first place, Nothing. zero for second. Yeah. This year he went ten, and then I think it was either two or three thousand for second, and then a thousand for third. So. Okay, it, was, it was a good move, yeah. um, but he got fourth. So. Yeah, yeah. Was she close? Uh, was she was about five minutes off um, the one in front of the third. No, no. But interestingly, her husband had been racing all day with third place. Oh, really? <laughs> so he was in a real dilemma. Oh, and this is, this is yeah. the whole Yvonne Van Vlerken um, yeah. and her partner prop issue. He just happened to find himself with third place the whole way through. And he was on the bike, and he couldn't. He didn't want to go through very much on the bike. Yeah. He felt quite good, but he thought, well, if I'm helping her out, she's going to be pulling away from yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, so, so did Em like know, her. because of the change in course, that she wasn't going to win it from the beginning of the day? Uh, I wouldn't say. She, she was pretty confident before the race, and she was just, you know, just take it as she comes. And we, we talked about it a lot, and, um, and just she just, there was a whole list of contributing factors why she didn't have a, ra- a good race. She's not making excuses or anything, yeah. but when you look back and you analyse why she didn't have a good race... It was you know, justifiable. It's justifiable. You know, she's been by, been beaten by those girls plenty of times before. Yep. When it hasn't been the coast to coast, but then on the coast to coast day, she she ramps it up. The course suits her, and she knows it really well, and she always does does well. Yep. When the course changed, it just doesn't suit her as much. But then there were other factors as well. But you know, yep. the best girl. She's she pregnant, just isn't she? Smoked it on the day. She's pregnant, isn't she? Who? Start rumours, M. She's pretty. <laughs> she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, uh, other than that, for this week, it's a pretty standard week at the office. Do you know what's happening, John? What's happening? It's poker night tonight. Poker night. Yeah. What boys... sort of poker do you play? I don't know because uh, it's just poker. Where do you, where do you, oh, you play Texas Hold'em, I think. Right. Where you put three down. Mm-hmm. You pick up two. You have, I don't really know. I'm not very good at it. Okay. But you only, it's only five dollars. Okay. So I've won once. Yeah. We, we play about once a month. Okay. I quite like it actually Did because you bluff a lot. No, because I once read a book that what you do is you don't bluff much, so that they start to think that you're not bluffing. Right. And then, but the, the real time you really need to bluff, then you bluff. Yeah. And so you kind of just say that. So I don't bluff a lot. Hope they don't listen to the show. Well, I'm not that good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's just because I once read a book that said that. Okay. I probably saw it in a movie sometime and yeah. thought, oh yeah, that's how you do you're it. Watching Ocean's Eleven or something. Yeah, something like that. And they said, yeah. oh, what you do is you don't bluff. So, um, so yeah, it's five dollars each. But I like it because I'm not much of a boys' boy. You know, you, you know, guys get around and drink beer and they talk yeah. women and crap. Yeah. I don't really do that because. I'm more sensitive than that, and, yeah, I, and I, I care about women in their in their place in society. But this is my one night where I get to be a boy's boy, right? And I do. Does anybody ever cheat? Busted anybody cheating? No, I don't know. No, we haven't busted them. No, okay. but you could, couldn't you? Quite easily. How? No, you have a separate. If it's at your place, you have two packs of cards. The same. <laughs> Here we go. You know the tricks. Pull them out from underneath. You cook. Oh, big yawn. Oh, hand under my bottom. Oh, it's a scratch. Oh, I've got four aces. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd load the deck. Sorry. Yeah, so how do you get rid of the aces? Well, they'll. You just, you've got. To, <laughs> have not, you, have you played tell poker? You all the tricks. Have you played poker? Uh, I, I generally just play Caribbean stud poker. <laughs> Here we go. But that's. Uh, I'd invite you around, but I think you'd dominate us. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm not allowed out anymore anyway <laughs> not after effort camp and then I'm off to Australia this weekend oh nice where are you going Brisbane actually I'll catch up with Slam I Am and Melbourne nice we've got to do some work over there so that should be good hopefully nice. get some summer yes I, honestly guys we've had the worst oh, summer it's ever been, it's been no okay. John it's been patches. John I've worn a jacket it's about yeah. every day yeah I do have the heat pump going this morning it's not a good summer it's not, it's terrible. I don't think you're going to get a lot of sympathy from the Northern Hemisphere where they're having an absolutely shocking winter. Yeah, but at least I've had a summer. Mm. Yeah. 
So anyway. Okay. Okay, John. Oh, next week we've got a, we've got a cool interview. No, I'm going to save that oh. for when I'm away. Okay. <laughs> but I'm interviewing a sleep doctor. Yeah. But it's going to come on. I'm away in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, okay. Where are you going to? I'm going to a conference in Auckland for a couple of days. Jack Daniels. Oh. And then I'm away on holiday for two weeks. Where are you going? Kaiteri. Well, you didn't tell me this. You need to plan this. Oh, it's been me. put in an email. Would you like me to resend you that email? Do you not read your emails? Oh, well, I do actually. I get a bloody hundred a day, I tell yeah. you. All right, I'll take Mr. Ayn Russ. I'm in Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.